hey guys, got a big announcement uh, that we want to add in. Later in the podcast, I'm going to talk about uh, NRB and us doing a, a live audience uh, recording there of the podcast. It's going to be in Dallas. Uh, earlier, they were you had to be a part of the conference or you couldn't come, but uh, I think because of pressure from you guys, uh, they've decided to open it up. And so you can get a $25 for $25, you can get a one day pass and, and you can get there as early as 11 o'clock at the, at the event. And, uh, but our podcast is at 4 PM. And so uh, you want to go online. If you want to go, if you're in the, especially in Dallas area, uh, go online, you'll see there, you know, we'll, we'll tell you where to go, uh, NRB, uh, register and then uh, and make sure and get your ticket. And then uh, if you want to see us live, you'll get the opportunity to see us live. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so we encourage you guys that want to come to check it out and uh, better get on it pretty quick because I don't know how many spaces are available. So uh, if you really want to come, I would check it out. I am unashamed. What about you? So we're welcoming our East Coast cousin, the the business mind of, of our little operation, one Zach Dasher, back into the lair. It's been a little while since you've been down here. It has been. Yeah. You've been doing all your running around and hobnobbing at the Sonic. And- <laughs> How far is Eustace, the, is Eustace the, the mountain man from you? He's in the same mountain range you're in. What's his name? Uh, Eustace. Is he E-U-S-T-A-N-C. famous? He's a, he's a famous mountain man. Well, he, well, he's a mountain man. Lives off the land in North Carolina, so, and he's got he's so, in that mountain. How, range. how do you how do you know? About how do you this know guy? him? It's on, it's it's a, right after Matt Dillon that comes on. <laughs> mountain men. Okay, he's expanding his TV. He cuts man. logs and lives lives. lives, lives. Anyway, that's the you talking about the reality show? Yeah. Lives oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Warm Look Springs, at Dad watching reality Warm show. Warm Springs filmed it. The same ones. Yeah. Filmed yeah, us. Oh, yeah. 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 We work with them on. Uh, well, working with them on another project. I just right want now. to know if so, you had heard of him. Or I something. think we can talk about. Can that, we talk can about we? that? I don't know. I I have lived. <laughs> well, somebody we, said so you're here. Well, usually, when we think of something, we have to start recording. So, can we talk about that? I don't know. Where's Zach? Somebody text. I'm. Uh, we're gonna film a show yeah. because yeah. this is audience driven. This is unashamed. It came Nation. because of unashamed nation. They started ro- here. They rose up. They did, and they said, "Let's make a show about unearthing things that have been lost." So me and Jep and my good friend Mr. Murray, we're 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 fixed to do this. It's gonna happen. We're yeah. we're, we're we're in. I guess you call it pre-production now. Yeah, we've assembled the team. We've got the team. We got the band back together. Yeah, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, yeah it's but, gonna be so good. Zach's our mastermind, but that's what Zach's role is: is to you know do stuff like that because he's he's smarter than all the secrets. Secrets of, I, secrets it, it, of the earth. Things that have been buried. Oh, that's pretty good, Phil. Secrets what about of Secrets of the Earth? Ooh. There you go. That's it. I'm just Phil, saying. I think you might have done it right here Secrets today. of the I Earth. I want to write that of down. The Earth. Write I'm it down. Simply right put, now. I'm here to help. But, yeah. but everybody is interested. <laughs> you know why? Because he watches a lot of reality TV <laughs> that I didn't know about. No, I watched uh, Matt Dillon. And We're I watched, fully aware of that one. And a few of these guys running around out there. I like the mountain man. Yeah, living up out uh-huh. in the Montana, the Rocky Mountains and all that. Pretty interesting. Well, well, we need a, to get mountain man to make a say, guest appearance. Would our mountain man be able to be on mountain man? Oh. No, these are real. They're real mountain men. <laughs> yeah. mount, mountain men, the show is real. I mean, it's like legit. Right? Yeah, they're, they're guys who just... Mm. They're, they're, mm. Well, they're, they use, by the way, the same kind of traps that I just got through running yesterday morning, yesterday evening. Yeah. I, I ran mine. Had I think two, you could be cones. a mountain man if you just moved to the mountains. Kind of a, I'm yeah. a, I'm a flatlander, but I'm, I use the same traps they so use yesterday, to catch varmints. When I spoke yesterday, I put a picture up of you and I put a picture up of Judge Jephthah Robertson. Did you know there's a picture of him? I didn't know we had there's a picture. A picture. That's yeah. my great grandpa. Great grandpa. Oh, and, and then I had a caption above it. I said, born a hundred years too late. And so I talked about you being born in 1946, but you easily could have survived 1846, no yep. problem. And there was your great-grandpa who was born around that Was time. that the picture yep. on your counter at the house? No, that's that's his son, Ewan. I think Ewan was Paul. Is that, yep. isn't that right? Yeah, was, but Mr. Ewan was, was my, my he's great-grandfather. He was oh, my so dad. he was even one further back. He was my dad's dad. Right. 
But it was interesting because Judge Jephthah looked so much like you. His beard was not as big, but he had a beard, same nose. I mean, it was very evident. That was his name, Judge Jephthah? Judge Jephthah. That's that's who Jephthah named him. Really? Yeah, he got shot on a levee is what Granny told me. He was. Yeah, the feds feds killed him, which makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what happened? How does that make sense? <laughs> it makes sense because the flood comes and it gets up on the levee. The only high ground around there is the levee. Which we talked about well, high my ground. my great-grandpa, the, the water ran the cows, his cows, up on the levee. Yeah. They came down and said, get them off the levee. Because it was federal land. You might hurt the hurt their levee. Did and you it'll... read this in a book? Somewhere? No, Granny tells us. No. Oh, Granny and, tells us. And Ma said there was a shootout and feds won. So it was all over cows, like you know. And what? for what? A bunch more, of cows. More bunch cows. cows. <laughs> That's our family history. That's, That's it does make more sense now. I felt better about him dying for that. I thought, well, if he was going to go, go out fine. And you understand. And you understand at a deep level the need to get things to higher ground. We we covered that on the last podcast. I mean, right? and he's you, there. He was, gave his life for that. Yeah, and I saw the Great Flood of '58. And I was born in 46, but there was one in, you know, 29, I think it was. Yep, 29. They were during that one, right along in there somewhere. It's when, because, I mean, these rivers, they, from where we are right here, back up behind us, it would have been halfway up that hill to Vicksburg, Mississippi. Wow, the whole plane. The whole thing. You'd go by boat from right here to Vicksburg. Yeah. Which well, is, after hearing our the secrets of our our life, I've I'm really proud of the grace of God and the power of God that we're still here after right. hearing that. That's exactly. Right. We've come a long way. Survive shootouts. He just said, "Hey, I'm just." I mean, you're I'm finding stuff that came off of Union soldiers. Well, you know, yeah. some of that stuff you're finding, you say, "Oh, this." The Union had these, these. Yeah, I've just found the, a, the northern uh, what troops. they call a breastplate uh, the, and that they would use as a target. I don't know whether they came through after the war to make sure, trying to calm things down, and they called in the Union forces. I don't know that. I could ask old uh, Sandy about it. He's the professor where we meet at uh, university. He's, he, he's a historian, and he, he leans southern, deep southern. You know the Civil War and all. He's on the yeah. South Side. He's your it, he's your Google for all things Civil War. It's amazing what you what you find in the ground. And you know, I was telling Murray. He was like, I just don't know. You know what I can bring to this show? I was like, Murray, when you reach your age, you got to remember most of what you have left is history. That's right. Because you're, I mean, you're all in on the resurrection. I was like, but we need a history expert and. That that's who you are. Yeah. Yep. Just be yourself. That's the key. So to I think we actually Murray has Murray Crow has many, many skill sets. He really does. He's, he's, really a, does. he's a renaissance man. Yeah. And he buy and he has a lot of new vehicles. He, he, every time I see him, he's pulling up in a new vehicle. I mean, he so I, he I, I almost know. makes vehicles. I mean, he's he's a well, he makes guns. I, I was know gonna that. say he's he, a big gun guy. I know that. Oh yeah. He well, can make guns. He, he can, can fix make anything ammo. on an automobile. I, think, I mean anything. I think we ought to pitch the idea. That we just involved, we involve unashamed nation in the show. I, I totally agree. I think we should just say, look, we should have a hotline that says, call us. Kind of like Ghostbusters, yeah, but now we're yeah. Secret Busters. Good. I, I like this name. I'm gonna. I actually have. We have a get together after this this podcast, and I'm I'm gonna submit that as the title. And this idea about involving unashamed nation. So they, we have a hotline. We'll get like Cy to answer the phone. I don't want to scare you, Jace. <laughs> and, yeah. I don't want. I don't want to scare you. But last night, oh no, last oh, night oh, you had a dream. I had a dream. Oh, oh. And here we go. Dream, I had no idea. The go. dream was you showed up. We found the old fence down there where we. Wendell said there was an old house place. I remember it. Yeah. I know about where it is. We went back down there to that place, got in there, and as it turns out, Jace with his metal detector 
found gold. Uh-oh. Are you kidding me? And a lot of it. Now, you I mean be... the big bricks, the bricks like this. <laughs> will you be the? Will you be a guest? Because now we have to do it. I'm oh, not yeah. lying. I had a dream about it last will night. Will you make a guest appearance on this show? All you have to do is just stand there and point. I'll just walk by. Okay, we'll did do you, that. I'm did, gonna make that happen, damn we? Yeah, that, that's the, that is an episode. He did had you, a dream. We go to where he, wherever he dreamed about it. Well, because I had. Yeah, I now, wait though. a minute. Let wait a minute. Let me be the voice of reason here. He also has dreams about monkeys that attack him. <laughs> he has true. dreams about that's people true. that he has to fight. So I don't know that we can like rely. <laughs> but Al, I you don't know re- that this is reliable. Look, metal detecting is about the hunt. The reason I'm involved in it, yep. it's about the hunt. I mean, sometimes I go hunting and guess what? I watch the sunrise <laughs> and set. Yeah. And it didn't happen. The plan. So, so if, you're okay if, if it's a strikeout. It, well, yeah. some you know you got to swing. You, you got to swing well, most to be of in the most, game. Most of them will be a strikeout, right? I mean, you may sadly find, you may sadly, find the little stuff, but you... sadly, yes. However, but when you do have a day like we had the other day, I yeah. found look a gold button, uh, not a military thing, but just a gold button from the eighteen twenties. Just bah, bah, bah. That, that was a feel. Right, he goes sound effects. <laughs> I dig it up. And look, as soon as I uncovered it, I was like, "That's a gold button." I mean, you could just see it. It's been in it's been in the ground two hundred years and shine like new money. So now we'll have I to found pursue a this. rock right there between an Indian mound, an old Indian mound. I know they camped out there because the mussel shells are up on the riverbank. Where you where you go due north for about eighty to hundred yards. I sawed a tree off the road. I told you about this, and I found a a, a rock knife. They'd used it as a knife. The Indians. I mean, it's just like a hatchet head. Yeah. But instead of metal, it was a rock, yeah. and I could see where. I think a they woman. I think it. a woman. Yeah, had held it for a long time, years, year, hundred years, two hundred, three hundred, but I could tell. It, she, she. That's what they got that meat off a of hide. Yeah, they, they, like a like a coon or a beaver or a deer. They they had a. She had a. I got it on my right above my fireplace over in the middle of the road. There, it looks just like a metal axe, but it's a made out of stone. But I can hmm. tell so, it had been used by someone a long for time. For those of you listening, Dad is doing a a motion of the rock cutting away a pelt. That was uh, yeah. probably in the 1500s, <clears throat> that rock there that showed up, 1500s, and those mussel shells. But but Jace is talking about probably where that old home place is, and there's a couple of more on my neighbor's land there. There's about three home places. Well, I will find them and check them out. Well, one of the reasons why is we're on the— That was probably 1700s, early 1800s maybe, mid-1800s. You think? Uh, oh, it's, it's been a while. So we're on the bluff of a river, which is why you get a lot of that. Because right now, people, you that's how they got around. You there. could not tell that there didn't been anything well, there right. except and there's some kind of concrete, uh, like a chute going down to the river, coming up on the bank. It looked like they would they would run they would get cattle down it and get them on a boat and and go on to the Mississippi River. Oh, yeah. Probably Whatever. getting them off the levee. Mm. Which, <laughs> which may be better than and there's a, there's a There's a bottle that looks like this, and and it's in the earth, except this is like 20 foot. This is a 20 foot circle. It's buried. It comes up like this. I have Think no about, idea what you're talking about right now. This I mean, is inside the ground. Over there, where, where you had the dream, where the gold is, about, you about, about is a mile this, from there, a mile this, from there. There's another home place. Phil's talking about. And, a, we're we're going to be on an excursion. Well, it's just like this, but this, and you see, plastic gets narrow. He's holding a water bottle. This was like this, buried in the ground, made out of stone, around. and it comes up, comes up like a bottle, like this, and this part is still sticking out. It's about there's about two foot of it sticking out. About this tall. Well, I'm going to well you look down it. in there, and it's dark. It's like a big jar, but you could take a ladder, put it in there. When I took my flashlight, because it was dark, I shined down in there. It had a dirt floor, mm-hmm. but I don't know whether it was silt. might have been, you know, but it was made out of, uh, 
like almost like not like concrete, like what do you call that? Clay, stuff? like pottery clay. Yeah, pottery. It's just like a pottery. Well, I shined the light down there, and there were a lot of bones. Oh my God! And I was sitting. Well, I mean, I said, this has yeah. turned into a mini series. <laughs> this is a whole season. But from what will I you, could tell, you, do you remember? From where what this I is? could tell, they were all animal bones. But it occurred to me, if you, if I had fallen, stepped over in there, <laughs> With your bones I, would be there. There's no way to get out of there unless you had a ladder reaching, and it's and it's up. I mean, you would. Have when to, did you discover this? Oh. Back when we first moved here, I oh wronged. Oh, we're I, talking about forty years ago. I covered so, every square inch of so all this. How far is it from right hang here? On, Jay, from hang right on. here, I can I can have you standing <laughs> beside it in fifteen to twenty minutes. <laughs> Let's take a break. So the question comes up quite a bit on our podcast because of, because of one of our sponsors is can thieves really steal your home's title? Because yeah. we talk a lot about home title lock yes. on here. Here's why. Because every house is built by someone. Hebrews 3, 4. But that just means <laughs> if you build it, they will steal it. That's a good point. Uh, so we have, a, we have an actual thief that's been caught who has stolen over 150 homes and was sentenced to 25 years in prison, which is why you need home title lock. So here's what he has to say. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. Oh, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. So, so. So now that we've heard that, go to HomeTitleLot.com. You register your address to make sure that you're not already a victim. You enter radio and you get 30 days of free protection. So that's HomeTitleLot.com. Register your address. Get 30 days of free protection. Radio at HomeTitleLot.com. So Dad should be the show producer. Yeah, I realized that we went to the wrong people. Yeah, I've been dealing with these people for a year about ideas, and in ten minutes, all your ideas are better. We have a dream. There's gold. We have some. Let me put it to you this way, Jace. If I ever disappear, and you don't know what happened to me, you're in that hole. You find that hole over there. You look down in there. I will have some kind of ladder going down in there, and I'm hiding. But it is a good place to hide. If, if the what fed, happened to Fields? I got to find that old jug over there. If bed. the feds ever get after his cows, he's going to the he's hole. He's in running down the ladder. Oh, now I've already given the secret away, and they know now they're somewhere over there. Now they're going to find they'll you. They'll get in a long line with dogs, and they'll track me to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you think a skirmish broke out. They had built this jar to hide in, possibly? You could comfortably sleep 15 people inside it. So I'm carrying Miss K with me, if she's still around, and, and y'all and your children, your grandchildren, but that's about it. Well, my wife ain't going in that hole. I'm going to tell you what, Al ain't either. Zach's I'm going to take cousin, my chance. With, we'll work him in. I'm, I'm taking my chance with the fence. I mean, I'm, I'm going a little bit closer. Bring me a pillow to put on all the dead bones. <laughs> the problem sleep. is something falls over in there. A coyote, I could see the bones and the hair and the coons. <laughs> when they fall off in that thing, the walls are Ooh. like this, Jace, slick as they can be. It's just like a big jug. Why, I mean, why have we not gone and discovered this? I already have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, but... That's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> He's now revealed his secret hiding place. <laughs> <laughs> this is big news. Oh, it's big news. It really this is, is. going to make some I mean, episode. It's, it's... I've been around Phil my whole life. <laughs> I've never heard that story. I've never heard this story. I've kept it under wraps. <laughs> yeah. Now's the time. Dad says this show is going to be the revelation. So we need to just go look for this and whatever happens. But let's happens. not. We can't go out there until we we got to have a crew, a <laughs> camera a, crew. Well, obviously, and I yes. would bet you. And an ER. What was it? Look, here's what I know. I know that humans made it, that thing. Yeah. And I know that they put it in the ground there. I don't know whether they dug a gigantic hole and got down in there and built this thing and then covered it back up. Could have been aliens. I mean, because it's no, no, it, it's just there. So somebody put it there. 
And, and, and we was, have no idea what that's the what reason. Say, what what do we think the purpose was for? Because it had to have had a purpose. It possibly was a cistern, that's uh, I was whereby thinking. you water. caught the water off your house, and you had a little funnel going to it. Yeah. And you and and every time it rained, you'd pull. you maybe it was for water. Yeah, for like Because a, a lot of people don't realize when we were raised, your dad here, the only water we had was water coming off the house. And there was a tank sitting up on a, you know, a structure, and that a funnel coming from the house. Most third it, world it, countries are still it, like it, that. Yeah, yeah, and it ran down the, ran down the, what do you call them? The yeah, the, on the side of your roof. The gutters. The gutter run down the gutter, and then it run over in that tank, and we drank, uh, water. Rainwater. Water tap. We we drank water from the rainwater. Rainwater. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all we had. It's the ultimate yeah. attack. So right? yeah. And I, it, it was fine until you crawl up there. We were kids, and we looked down <laughs> in there, and it looked pretty rough down in there. I mean, it was like not scummy, but there was. What's interesting about all this is because we're finding just. I was you, surprised that I was when I saw it. I told Sai, I said, "I'm I'm just glad to be alive after drinking this." I said, "I didn't know it looked like that." He said, oh, "Me either." But so we, now we know what happened to Sai. Well, yeah. this has been. Quite, well, it was either that or running you know, along mix behind that the DDT truck. right there next to us on cotton. It comes up, DDT falls on everybody yeah. inside the rainwater. I'm like, hey, we're drinking DDT. I mean, I'm. It, it's, so, so I, I said, so said they come along and spray it out of the back of a truck, and the kids are all run along. Oh behind yeah, <laughs> running behind it, playing in it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> Look, it's hey. raining. Twenty years goes by, and they say this is the most deadly poison you could ever have. It's oh, raining wow. poison. Let's it, run behind it. It explains a lot. Yeah, we were talking about during during the one of the commercials about what your favorite piece of furniture is, and when you think about all we're doing when we metal detect, we're just finding old things that people lost or where wherever people congregated. So the other night, I was uh, having dinner with Missy and. Karina, my Nicaraguan daughter. And for some reason we came up kind of like what we were doing with that commercial about what's your favorite furniture? Well, somehow or another, it's like we came up with the idea if you were on a deserted island and you could only bring five things, what would you bring? And just off the top of my head, I my mind was racing. Well, they started naming the things that they would take. And Missy, like, her first thing was a blanket. That It wasn't just a blanket. And I'm like, that's the first thing? <laughs> and then she's like, well, beans and rice. I was like, what? Well, we got to eat. And she said, of course, you. I was like, wait a minute, don't get me hooked up in it. <laughs> she's like, well, that's just understood. So then we had like a 10 But you were number three behind beans and rice? And well, I think it just occurred to her. Oh, I better say Jace. Mm. But I thought, well, I thought this was every man and woman for themselves <laughs> type of deal. But then Karina was like, well, a journal and like a box of pens. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm bringing a gun. Yeah, I thought about it. A knife. <laughs> the largest spool of monofilament line in the world. <laughs> and they were like, why would you bring that? I was like, you're you're not gonna live long with a blanket and a journal. Let's just document <laughs> our short stay here. You're gonna let live about a week or two at best with that. But the more I got, more we got to talking about it. It's all a. It's it's really about your role, you know, in a family. It's like I'm I'm gonna protect us. Yeah, and. Missy was gonna make us comfortable. And Karina's and, gonna and she's it. gonna document the whole thing. She's gonna document it because she's just taking for granted that we're gonna take care of the rip. Cause she's like, Oh, I'm coming with y'all. <laughs> I mean, y'all are two of the people I'm bringing. Right. So I just I thought it was interesting when you think about the stuff we find and the stuff people lose. I, the valuable stuff is things that are of that people didn't want to lose yeah you know so it was an interesting conversation so what would you bring that what would you bring to a deserted island well you could make you a fire with anything so i brought that up too though i said what because you first you say matches but what if they get wet or how long you going to be there jace is right a gun and a knife and some rope string but so you could you could survive 
yeah. rope string, you know. Maybe and something to start a fire maybe with the rock. You know, I use wire to tie those steel traps on, catching these coons and stuff. I always got a roll of wire with me, and I'm wiring it to this and that and other in case, you know, when they go to jumping around that further when you catch them. But, uh, but it would be stuff <laughs> like that, right. something you could use to catch something or trap something. Well, Missy said penicil- enough penicillin. <laughs> oh, I was like, no. Yeah, you, you Actually, if you had five, th- five things, that would be one of them. Medicine wouldn't be bad. So was it there was just y'all three doing this little game? Oh, we did it, but it went from we laughed, we cried, we argued. <laughs> we, you know, the, it just like became this consuming, like let's sit down and continue the conversation after the meal because it, I don't know. It just maybe the me. gun and the knife would be, and plenty of ammo. If you had that, <laughs> you could pretty well survive. And that's pretty much. I, I mean, most of us carry that with us, yeah. you know. Even not on a desert. I, I think I brought it up because it made me think about how you know worldly we are about things we think we need. Just and think what, of Jason. All these foreigners from Europe coming across the ocean, landing on one of these river systems. New Orleans be a good place. Yep. Start going Mobile. up, going up, and they get up in here. Alabama landing, they call that from people who came up here way back, and they would say, "We're going for where y'all going? Going west." And they'd land up here on the Washtenaw River. They'd have them a wagon. Somebody was having supplies, but they would just take off across that thing, headed west. You know, angling up. Some of them ended up in Kansas, Nebraska on up. You know, some of them got all the way over on the West Coast. But you just think about all they had was what they had. So this is not like a far-fetched picture where you'll never find yourself there. I mean, most of the new ground has already been been run over. But you just think about the kind of people went across there and what little they had, and they made it. Yeah. But you're talking about a tough bunch. But a, a lot of them didn't make it. Too. A lot of them didn't make <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, that's what happened. We, div- we divided the categories. You want to take a break? Yes. There, were no, there was no concrete, no power lines, yeah. no vehicles. I mean, no, no, no mechanized anything. I mean, just wagon with wheels on it. They're like, boy, we got us something here. Proud of them. No, we, at least we, it would roll. Yeah. We got into five things you need and then five things you want. But the things that we wanted is where all the arguments came. Because Missy's like, okay, here now let's get let's be realistic. The, the our basic needs, which which revolved around food, clothing, and the way to make a fire. You know, I mean, a shelter, food, water, but, shelter. Yeah, Jace, water, To this shelter. day, you can fly over because the Smithsonian Channel did, and they they pointed their camera cameras down, you can still see some of the ruts are that deep going out across the Midwest out there, going up toward the Dakotas. You can still, the Oregon Trail, that old Oregon Trail, you can look at it right now. The, the, the scars are still in the ground where all those wagons came through there and, west. and leaving ruts waist deep. I mean, can you imagine getting stuck? Oh, you know, man. all you have is mules. <laughs> Or horses, but the old road bed on the yeah. Oregon Trail, you can still get on it, and the earth is still sliced up. So many came around. Well, that's that. where we need to go metal detectors. They yeah. left a trail. They left a trail. They probably, I guarantee you, they probably won't let you hunt there. You know, a lot of these places. Oh, it's it's uh, a lot of it is is uh, what federal land, so national forest. Uh, national I brought that forest. up in my sermon, is because in Romans five, where it says we've been given access to god the creator of the universe when you think about the places you don't have access to here remember that time i did yeah. that about the snake island and right nothing the, was mechanized but all they had probably to keep them going in my opinion was the fear of god as they moved across there some of them stopped in great salt lake city you know the mormons and all of that the joseph smith story and all of them, you know, they all that happened during the pioneer days. They would just come up on a ridge and look down and say, y'all gather up here. I said, I tell you what, whoever's ever in charge, let's call it a wrap and camp out right here. We got plenty of water. And they were probably just looking like, wow. I mean, there's the claim. Just say, yeah. let's just, let's just stay here. I, 
I, I have a longing to see that again. I said he was I born like 100 years see, too late. I would like to see another planet or planets that God would say to us at the resurrection. You remember when all your people come across there and settled the country where you, you were a member of it? He said, look, I've got several planets you might want to look at. That's Some of them are slightly bigger than the Earth, but it has the same forces that you saw at Earth. So I'll show it that to you. That would be heaven to you as the exploration. I, I, so put me on the ground. Phil, I don't think that's going to be a problem. If he can get put us me out on of the, the ground, ground and say, you can go as far as you want to go. There's some big ones in this yeah. and bigger lakes and more game and all that. But you stay here as long as you want to. You're, you are immortal, see? All right. So, if you got an imperishable body, that's a game changer. I think <laughs> in my heart, that's what heaven is like. You've always said what, that. Whatever fires you up, you've heard me say that all uh, my life. Whatever yeah. fires you up. It's just that, and it never ends. Yeah, possible. It's a comfort. I believe thought. it's beyond our comprehension. It is. So the could Bible be, attempts to, like the book of Revelation, give you a picture, of, but it uses the only things we know, which are gold yeah. and silver. You know, a people, place without ducks is downright scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, remember when, when Smith, right for Who would want a place without ducks? Right for <laughs> Smith went on to be with the Lord. He, he went through a deep dive into Revelation, and he had come up with this, it looked like to me, a giant apartment complex that looked like a Borg ship from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, it, and he had it landing on top of the earth, and water was flowing yeah. out of it, and we were going to live in the apartment complex. And, and you're like, walking on silver and gold. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm like, I was like, it was a cube. Yeah, it was a cube. It was a Borg cube. He had the uh, measurements of it out of, right. out of Revelation. Yeah. yeah. And I read, I read all this stuff, and of course, you know, Smith was getting, but he was getting ready to go home, and I was like, yeah, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I want to live there. <laughs> this doesn't look fun to me. I, no, I'm just saying, that was a little too literal. I remember <laughs> thinking the same thing. I was like, I'm a little claustrophobic. It'd <laughs> be like living in that hole in the ground. I just don't, yeah. you know. I just remember, was it 144,000 miles like in diameter right. wide? And it was a cube that floats. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, rocket a little, little too literal for me. So when I read that, when I read a book about the uh, Lewis and Clark expedition, which was fascinating to me, you know, because basically after Jefferson brokered the deal, that he just sent that crew out. Yep. But when I read that, the account of that, you know, what they all had to do, I thought dad would have loved to have been on this expedition. I was like, yeah. this expedition was made for <laughs> Phil Roberts. It was just a hundred years too late. They got lost on the Great Plains. Yeah. Because they said it was like an ocean, but it was grass. Hmm. And as far, and they would make circle, try to, so they finally had to start putting up stakes. Yeah. And getting the sun just to get the to sun know which judge, way they were going. Know which way they're going. Yeah. They said, we got lost in a sea of grass, is wow. what they said. They like would have ocean. to, they would go through stretches where they had to pick up all their boats and haul them across vast yeah. amounts of miles to find another waterway. Yep. I mean, they had scouts out ahead. Then there were times when they'd run out of food and they were killing buffalo and they were just kind of, then they got gout because they ate all the meat. It was just a really interesting following the journey. <laughs> and really they only lost one guy, which was pretty incredible yep. along the way. Well, that was going to be my point. Why I brought up the, what you do on the desert Island is that everybody quickly went to, well, we need to go together. And I think when you, Think about Ephesians 3.20 where it says God can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. I mean, when you kind of analyze that, he can do immeasurably. You can't measure how much more he can do than you can imagine. <laughs> That's like something to the hundredth power times something to the thousandth power. Mm -hmm. That's why I say if you're together and it comes back down to relationships, which is why we focus on that so much, because we get that from God. That, there's a reason he said, love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, because wherever we're at is really insignificant. Or What's it going to be like as long as you're together? That's right, and, and need that community. Let's take another break. So, Zach, I want you to tell, since you're here, um, your your and Jill's life has changed dramatically uh, in the last few <laughs> months. Uh, tell tell our audience what you, what you've been up to and 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 the story that uh, that uh, the new addition to our family. Oh yeah, we got a we got a, a new baby. She is about eight weeks old now, 
Uh, she's more than that. I, no, I didn't even know Jill was pregnant. She never <laughs> she, showed. She, she never showed. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. She did. That we adopted this baby. I, I get confused on the weeks because they they do like a the way they calculated in the NICU is based on how many weeks they are. Like if they were if you were pregnant. Right? Yeah. Right. So the but, but the baby was born. Ruth was born at um, twenty seven weeks, two pounds seven ounces. And they're supposed to go thirty nine. Yeah, forty. Yeah. It's like 40. I think I think thirty seven, maybe full term at thirty seven right. to forty. Two weeks. pounds and seven ounces. Oh, she was. That's a. I mean, skin and bones. Yeah, her skin was almost translucent because it hadn't been fully developed yet. I mean, it was. It was a little shocking to see her. Um, she looked like a skin squirrel, didn't she? She did. Yeah. She looked just. Well, I yeah. had that same. I had the same with experience his daughter. With my daughter. What, what was that? when she? She was, was actually one pound fifteen ounces. Oh wow! And she came at week twenty nine, but she had had some issues because she had a heart problem, and so it took us a while. She got all the way down to a pound twelve after a month in the oh, NICU. Wow. And then she had heart surgery, and then she took off after that. Now she's having. You know, she I mean, had, every time y'all, every time I hear that, which it we, is amazing to watch that woman these days. She well, is, Anna and grew well, up to be a phenomenal. Person, she sure did, uh, inside and out. But I always think because how my mind works is like when I think about a two pound bass. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You're like a two pound bass is like you a just little old, it's just like nothing, a just living a little human, nubby bass. You right, know, right. you just chunk back in the water and it take off. I mean, it's just a human that's, smaller than that's that. What, that's what Lisa's dad said the first time he saw her. He said, "I caught a bass bigger than her yesterday." You know, there's like yeah. a three pound bass. So yeah, that's what you. So play. she's grown. What does she weigh now? <clears throat> she she goes to the doctor tomorrow. I'm I'm guessing she's probably about seven and a half pounds now. She's out of the hospital. When she was born, the mother the uh, the biological mother had a um, I think a maybe some kind of ruptured uterus or something. But she was like calling us like, "Hey, I'm." I think I might be, I'm having cramps. And we're like, me and Jill on the phone with this on Easter. And so we're like, you're, and I'm Tom. And every time she says that, I said, you're having contractions. And Jill's like, you need to go to the doctor now because they can stop, they can stop labor maybe. And, uh, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding everywhere. And uh, so it had to be terrible for y'all because you're thinking she's losing the baby, right? I mean, well, yeah, we worried about her too. And so, and, her, and we're right. two hours away from, and the whole way we met this girl is crazy. That's a, a longer story. But, I mean, God was, like, totally in this because uh, she didn't know if she was going to keep the baby. So she was contemplating terminating the pregnancy and somehow got introduced to us through a mutual friend. And we ended up on a phone call with her. And she's like, you would, uh, you know, um, I think the girl told her that we would adopt the baby. But I never even <laughs> told us that but it was but it was funny because we were like we were all in already we'd already been praying about this and uh, I, I said if god puts a baby on our doorstep then i'm in thinking that that's never going to happen right so that's a that's like gideon's fleece you know? that's insane, so like, yeah yeah well yeah if, if he lands one in our lap and so then he, and then it did that happened so we were just like we're in and she was like would you really adopt my child and we're like well yeah and she said well i'm gonna keep i'm gonna i'm gonna you know keep this baby and and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring her you know to to birth and so uh, we're all crying she's crying and so we walked with the mother uh, we still talk to her uh, we walked with her she's got some stuff going on that's you know some difficulties and things but um, we're praying for her too but um, but it's just cool to see so so she goes to the hospital and we get there and when I get there the father because we know the father biological father too and um, and so he calls and he's like they're both dead. Like he tells us this on the phone. And oh I'm goodness. like, he says, let me talk to, he, he's, he's, Jill, Miss Jill, can I talk to Zach? And, and, and so I'm on the phone with, Hey, I'm going to tell you man to man. He's crying. He's like, it's gone horrible. They're both dead. You know? And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And we're like 20 minutes from the hospital. So I pull up to the hospital and I see him out on the curb smoking a cigarette and they won't let him in the hospital because right. of COVID and whatever else. And so, like I parked the car, I go there. He's just like chain smoking, crying. He's a, he's a wreck. And uh, I said, let me go inside and figure out what's going on. So then I go and was able to talk to um, the charge nurse, and and she's like, well, I don't know what's going on either. So then, but fifteen minutes later, they come out, and they're like, uh, Mom's fine, and the baby is. Uh, we just got the baby stabilized, revived her, and got her stabilized. And so y'all can come in. They let us in, and so we went up there, got to see 
um, the mother and biological mother. I got to figure out my terms here. <laughs> it's like, uh, first, first rodeo for us. But and then we saw the baby and she's got tubes going in everywhere. They and they transported her to uh, a children's hospital in Winston Salem. And um, at first sight, that was overwhelming, didn't it? Yeah, I was a little like, <laughs> I was the same you know, way. Like yeah. it's like I was a lot younger than you, too. But still, it's overwhelming. It's like how 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 can this baby right make it? That's what I thought. Um, but it was man. You when they get in ICU though, I mean, the, what they were able to do now is incredible. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just like, they got babies being born at twenty two weeks, and and they're surviving. At twenty seven weeks, it's like a pretty high survival rate. Now it's. You know, it's a tough road and it's yeah. uh, it's difficult. And which let me just interject in the whole pro life argument. This is another what you're describing is another reason why, you know, that it's not a blob of tissue. No, <laughs> it's, it's not. It, it's you, a child. You see, and you see that in the. I mean, if you go to a NICU, I mean, you see it. Yeah, you see, and and even more than just that, even just the way they look. The like uh, one of the benefits of of skin to skin contact. Like, you know, what Jill's like, oh, we got to do skin to skin. And I'm like, what is skin to skin? Well, they got to the baby, you know, they, they got to be next to your skin. Right. And, and, um, just that whole, even that alone, that the, the medical benefits and the nurses like, yeah, it's been proven science that you, when you, when you hold a baby skin to skin, you're, you're transferring my, like your, your good, uh, antimicrobial stuff, all, you know, all your good bacteria to them. I mean, yeah. There's the, there's, I mean, they, they thrive babies that are touched thrive. So it was, you know, we were there every day. We had to drive two hours there, two hours back. And it was, I mean, it was a grind, but, um, but and she, that was for weeks. I mean, that, that impressed me about you and Jill both was your, not just your commitment to your child, but the idea is that whatever it took, we're going to get this done yeah, and be there for her, which is, you know, really what parenting is all about. Let's take another break. Yeah, we, so we would drive two hours there, two hours back, and um, but um, she was out in like seven, eight, seven or eight weeks, and she did real well. So now she's she's a little fat. She's fat, man. She's got <laughs> big old. She's roll. a fat seven pounder. She's a fat seven pounder. <laughs> so so Jill brought her down here last weekend and uh, stayed at our place, and the baby never was anywhere but in someone's arms. Oh, yeah. The entire time they were here, it was really funny. And so my little grandson, Doc, who's only five, f- just fell in love with her. I, yeah. I don't know. It was like this, like those Twilight movies. He imprinted with her, you know. <laughs> and so he's just like, so he wanted to hold her all the time. And and he and he's asking me now, when are we going to North Carolina? He, <laughs> he can't wait to see her again. So they called her. They call her Ruth. Is or call her baby Ruth? Is what is kind of a what we've been calling her, which is already kind of her nickname, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, I, 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 the, the, I think the neatest part about it though, is that we're, you know, it, it'd be a lot cleaner maybe if it was like a closed adoption and I understand it'd be cleaner, but I, I, one of the things I love about it is that we do have a relationship with her biological mother and father that I really think one day are going to turn their life around. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I hope they do. I'd love for when she's grown to be able to go, be, be meet her biological parents who have turned it around or yeah. living for Jesus has cleaned their life. I mean, to me, that's like, like the, the kingdom it's messy, yeah. but it, but, but there's something beautiful in that messiness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of like, it, it's been kind of, it, it's been a, a, a incredible journey. Well, at some point we'll tell the whole story. I mean, there's a lot of parts of it. You just don't want to say right now for right. a lot of different reasons, but I mean, there is God was moving in the whole thing. Right. I love it. And and I love the idea. So Lisa and I speak at a lot of, of pro-life events and on behalf of a lot of pregnancy centers. And one of the things that I always tell every audience I speak to in this kind of area is that, you know, if you're going to, if we're really going to be up front and, and really talk about abortion, how bad it is, we want to save babies, then you're going to have, since there's millions that have been aborted, you're going to have to have a lot of believers that are willing to do just what you and Jill did. I mean, in other words, somewhere on the bottom end of this whole situation, you got to be willing to say, okay, we'll take, we'll take Uh a baby. And, you know, so I encourage people, look, if you, if God's been putting that on your heart, follow through because you, you're going to help save children on that part of it. So you can't have a pro-life movement 
without a pro-adoption movement as well. I mean, they have to go together. So in our family, obviously, has been a lot. Jason and Willie both have adopted ones that are already grown, but uh, but that works too, you know, because they needed that structure that and that ability. Basically, yeah. because Karina basically is an, is an orphan, right? She is. And uh, I, I think some of that is God, who I say, I say this in, in a lot of different areas of life. I mean, I believe he specializes in orchestrating meetings between people. I think, you know, he gets his message out about Jesus through yeah. us, despite our flaws. And I think when your eyes are open to that, you have these chance encounters in life that God set up. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's just too many things. I've had way too many of those. One of them I was wrong about with, you know, Karina was that we get a call in the middle of the night, which is always, it gets my attention more like, kind of like Phil having that dream about yeah. the gold. You know, I'm like, wait a minute here. There could be something to this. We, Chase is still thinking about that gold. But they're like, you know, my wife, to her credit, she gets a call from our church in the middle of the night saying, there's a girl an orphan girl stranded in Costa Rica trying to get back to Nicaragua. But there's a civil war that has broken out. But she loves the Lord and has really educated herself. And and so they're like, can you take her? If we get her in the U.S., can you help her? Because she already and, had a, she was going to college. She already had that lined up, but she couldn't. Yeah, she but couldn't it just was, there was right. a time problem here. She had educated herself basically from the internet mm, because yeah. the, one of the preachers at uh, one of the churches, it kind of mentored her and, and it's been real tough on her in a good way. Like you can do this. You, you know, the Lord will use you. You And uh, so, you know, me, I was proud of my wife for saying yes, but in my mind, I'm thinking, I mean, look, we're not going to just help some freeloader. I mean, you always tend to think because yeah. you don't know. I met that girl about five minutes into that. I thought, this girl's an inspiration. You, you, just, you just can't fake. She's uh, one of the sweetest, most you know, kind and gentle people I've ever met in my life. I, yeah, I, I think that's true. a good point. I think, I think a lot of times when you step into, into things like this that you hear other people's. I've heard other people's stories and – and I've not felt as virtuous as them. I've had like the same, like the, your, yours was free letter. Mine was, I was thinking a couple of things I thought. One, when we got to the hospital and they, that we revived the baby, then I'm like, oh boy, what have I got into? Well, I mean, right. that's the first yeah. thing that popped in my head. And, but then I was like, you know what? I was like, God, if you call me, if, that, if this is what we're doing, then the, this is what yeah. we're doing. And, and, and another thing, uh, insecurity I had on it is I didn't know. I wasn't really sure how I I would respond to a a child that wasn't biologically mine. In terms, it's never of, happened. It's never I mean, happened. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, Jill's like, oh, it's no question. I'm yeah. all in. Like, I, and, and well, she, they're just better at it than we are. They really are. But look, you know what I've learned, Zach, and I mean, I take this advice for whatever it's worth. It hit me at some point during the last four years that I've had Karina. She's inspired me and helped me way more than I've. Feel that, like that, that's I've a, helped yeah. her. I, yeah. I'm like, she's a rock. Yeah, and uh, you you got to remember that it's God in us. And she found her relationship with God during her pain and misery mm-hmm. and suffering and perseverance. And you, know, I think about that Romans five a lot because I in see contact that. with her <clears throat> real parents. No, they're 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 gone. They're gone. They're dead. She's an orphan. Yeah, she was Maybe. raised by a grandmother the last few years, and then she died. So she literally has nobody. Except well, I think her her mom. Uh, you know, has has died, but her dad is MIA. Oh right, and That's uh, what it was. yeah, then she lost her grandma, who basically had raised right. her, and so all she has is one sister. So, uh, you know, you just because because in your mind you're like, well, there's no family structure, mm-hmm. so where are where are the problems that I know that call? I keep looking, <laughs> yeah, for this can't be right. Yeah. This this can't be just God rescued this girl and she's had some people who stepped up in the name of the Lord that's helped her along I thought the, the same thing about Phyllis. But, when, when Phyllis, the more I've gotten to know her and the more we talk about her growing up the way she did, I realized that the favor of God, the hand of God mm-hmm. protected her 
no doubt all of her it. childhood. No doubt so about it. So that not a lot of bad things didn't happen to her, that one day we would connect. And it was really interesting. So we've had that experience as a family in several different ways, but it was the same with her. I mean, it was just like when we knew, we knew. I mean, Zach, you were the first one that reached out. It was like, Zach said, I think this is the real deal. And at this point, we haven't even told dad and mom about anything. Yeah. But, and I had the same experience. So it is right. I mean, you have to look for God opening those doors of opportunity, but you do have to be willing to walk through. <laughs> like, but, like he, but, but he does provide you with all the, th- the things you're afraid of. Like, I was afraid of, like, I'm very, like, I, I, I appreciate this. I'm, I'm infatuated with this baby. And I'm definitely as connected with with Ruth as my daughter, as I was with any of my other kids, which to me is like a supernatural spiritual thing that I can't quite explain. Yeah. But it's a, it is a picture of the gospel too. We call her the uh, chosen one at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Yeah, <laughs> you're the chosen. But you one. think about I mean Father's Day. I think it's next week. Yeah. Well, by the time this this releases, it'll probably be a couple of days. After. But I mean, he does that to all all mm-hmm. of us. He adopts us. I mean, he created us, and then he adopts us. So he goes through that process. Which I, I love think, that that's mentioned, like in Ephesians and others, that phrase mm-hmm. that we're adopted in, because the idea that our sin had separated yeah. us. But it's like you're you're chosen. We want you to, you know, God says, "I want you." Yeah. Well, it really helps you in your relationship with God once you experience right. this, because right. you see it is different. It's hard to explain, and people who don't do it, they just you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But all these things, even with Karina, that I've seen, it I have thought hundreds of times about. Yeah, this is the way God views me. Which but, is awesome. That's just nice every time our family gets together and that looks like a league of nations, you know, yep. because yeah. we've got, <laughs> we got all these people with different heritage and background and skin color. And But I, I, mean, I, I thought about that. We I, are a rainbow I family. Thought if we commit as a family to God and to get Jesus out to the world, why am I shocked that God assembled a team that basically is representative of the world? We, we right. are the United Nations and we didn't really like, have a strategic plan to do that. Nope, it just, just happened. happened. And it, it, I, yeah, to reiterate one point you made that um, it's not just that we're ministering or anything like that. Like we're, there's a reception, a blessing that we're receiving. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned it. I mean, I'm like, I'm the one yeah. getting the blessing here. Like I can't imagine even, even, you know, we're in this three months now, two months. I'm like, I can imagine my life without yeah. baby Ruth in it. But yeah, baby Ruth, we've got a picture of her with a candy bar. Yeah. Because the, the candy bar is about as long as yeah, she yeah. was. Yeah, we threw back at the baby Ruth candy bar yeah. at, at the king size, and that's about how long she was. Well, it. now that I'm four years this side of that, but if I'm ever in a situation where I need to get Jesus out in Spanish, I'm like, oh, I, I have just the weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Say hello to my friend Karina. <laughs> to my little friend. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.